Well, the Fed is hiking rates by 25 basis points. We'll look at the flow-on effect from that. Plus, jobs growth is slowing, but not job ads. Does that mean wage inflation? We saw yesterday how wages are holding up in New Zealand. The ECB and the Bank of England are next to go, and inflation is not going down in Europe, it seems. And Britain is supposedly going to spend much of this year in recession. So different challenges for different central banks, but they are all still struggling to get inflation down fast enough. It's Thursday, the 2nd of February, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down almost 1% this morning, driven lower since the Fed. The euro up 1.1%. The Aussie is up 1.1% as well at 71.3 US cents. And US equities are largely in the red. Well, they were largely in the red for most of the day, but changed since the Fed. The Dow was down 0.1% at one stage, but it closed up 1.7% thanks to the Fed. The Nasdaq has moved as well from the red to finish up at 1.9%. The S&P 500 up 1.7%. Energy stocks have taken the biggest hit. Uh, and while we're talking about equities, after close, Meta, a beat on the revenue side, $26 billion up to $28.5 billion for Q1. The expectation was about $27 billion. Shares are up, well, what, 12%, 13% uh, on, uh, after the close. A, a share buyback seems to be helping a little bit with that. And Facebook has reached 2 billion active users now. Well, there we are. Uh, and Peloton was out early on in the day as well. Still not making money, but strangely, investors are quite happy with that. I don't know why. Maybe it's the novel idea, an exercise bike. I'm surprised nobody thought of it earlier. Uh, European shares doing somewhat uh, better than the US for most of the day until, of course, that um, that hour of power after the uh, the Fed. Uh, so the DAX was up a third of 1% at close, and at that stage was doing a lot better than US equities. Bonds, well, they are, of course, moving around quite a lot after the Fed, but US 10 years down, 11 basis points after that press conference, two years down about the same. Uh, German bonds are fairly flat. UK 10-year uh, gilt yields down about three basis points. Italian bonds up 14 basis points. And oil is down about 2.6% off WTI and Brent. Brent is now a little over $83 a barrel. So 25 basis points, that is the hike by the Fed. Let's get the latest on that with NAB's David DeGaris in London. Uh, maybe we should look at the statement for First of all, uh, Dave, on inflation, well, they've changed a bit from last time. Rather than saying inflation remains elevated, it now says inflation has eased somewhat, but remains elevated. Yes. I mean, that's not much of a watering down, is it? No, it wasn't a lot of it. was a little bit of watering down in the formal statement, Phil, there, I think, on inflation. Although we can often read a lot into these words sometimes a little bit more. And in that case, I think. That wasn't the, uh, I mean, certainly he didn't dial back his concern about inflation in the press conference anyway. No, and he's still obviously clearly worried about jobs, isn't he? Because, uh, I mean, there's no hint that rates are going to fall this year. We know we could have, uh, well, we're going to have two more rate rises. I think that's just assumed. So that's going to be, well, he said he's going to update us at the March meeting as to what happens next. So it could be higher than where we are now. And Mm -hmm. usually it depends on the data, doesn't it? Yeah, well, and he made the, I guess from from an economic point of view, he's making the point again that he has before about the fact that goods inflation, you know, that disinflation is playing out. He expects the the housing services, he's talking about rent there predominantly, that will play out, but it's just the way that the lags between, you know, new leases flowing through to the full stock of, of rents. So that, that will play out and he expects that over the next few months. But the other one is the non-housing services, so the sort of things that are affected by labour costs. He doesn't see that in disinflation process has started yet. So he's not convinced that they're there. And he's, again, he hammered the point of the risk of doing too little rather than too much. So um, 
that's that's the message. Um, I, but it, it, then it, there again, it's a meeting by meeting thing, isn't it? So that process could be underway by the time the, ne- the, the the Fed next meets. Yeah. But it's not at the present time. Well, it's always very difficult, isn't it, when you're doing a podcast to actually sort of talk about the way that the market has reacted because uh, it could all move, <laughs> couldn't it? But look, 10-year yields fell about eight basis points during Powell's press conference. Equities, uh, which had picked up, uh, well, had fallen, I should say, during the day, picked up a little, particularly the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the day they were down. So they've taken this as good news, haven't they? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, that if it's tough talking, you'd expect... Uh, inflationary expectations to be uh, pushed down, right? So that's probably the explanation for the the 10-year bonds. But uh, wouldn't be surprised if the short end of the curve just supported at least initially until the next data point, which will come as early as Friday with the payrolls fill. Well, yeah. So the but it's good news generally. I mean, maybe that's what's enthused the the, the markets as well because he did say the disinflationary process has started for some elements for about half of the of the uh, the inflation process. Well, what was concerning yep. the markets before the Fed was, you know, what was seen as a slowdown in activity. After all that talk of a potential soft landing, well, we got the ISM manufacturing index for January down to 47.4, which is well below expectations and well below where it was. And a big chunk of that was Mm. a slump in new orders. That's gone down from 45.1 to 42.5. I mean, that that doesn't look like a soft landing, does it? It looks like a harder landing, doesn't it, for the manufacturing sector, which is, I think most people agree, it's you know, with the with the tilt away from goods demand back towards services, Phil, and the uh, the higher you know the tighter monetary policy stance that's that's hit manufacturing, coupled with a strong dollar as well. So, um, yes, manufacturing sector is certainly in retreat at what forty seven point four. Um, the good news, I guess, was that the supply chain seems to be improving. Uh, inventories, you know, businesses seem to be managing their inventories better. But as you say, new orders down. So that part of the economy is um, is, is, is certainly struggling, I guess, uh, from an equity market point of view, that sort of adds a little bit to the less upward pressure on rates. But it wasn't just uh, that statistic that caught the market's attention today, was it? No, well, I mean, there's so job numbers are a bit all over the place, aren't they? So we had the they are. so, but just on those ISM numbers, because there's the employment component of that, um, that mm. was expected to, to dip below fifty, in other words, to show job losses, but it came in at fifty point mm. six. So the sector might be yes. shrinking, but jobs growing strangely, and then yes. and then we had the ADP numbers that showed a big fall in jobs from um, well, it, it, I mean, jobs are rising, but not as much. If you see what I mean, we've got to get, get easily get confused by what's growing and what's, what's going down. Well, they were growing, but not by the same amount. So 253,000 jobs in December, um, which was re- revised uh, up a little bit, uh, to 106,000 extra jobs in January. So that's quite a jo- drop from 253,000 to 106. There's a lot less than expected, and actually the lowest number since uh, the ADP sort of in- introduced this new measurement process. Yes, yes. I, I think a couple of things there. Well, there's always damn writers on these statistics, aren't there? But um, the market's mm. still coming to grips with whether this particular report is uh, has a closer statistical relationship to payrolls because it hasn't been the best of indicators, let's be frank. Uh, before it was refashioned, and the market's still sort of learning about this particular yeah. series, but um, this new refashioned series. But one hundred and six thousand is, is quite a slowdown if it's if it's near nearer the truth. Um, I was listening to the chief economist of the ADP, um, Neela Richardson, 
talking today and uh, she was saying that was affected by um, by floods uh, over in California and uh, snow and ice storms, you know, elsewhere in the country. So that may have affected recruit recruitment, you know, particularly in areas like construction and, and so forth, Phil. Um, you know, mm. so it, it, it may be, be a little bit better than that. And the wages numbers that came with it, you know, for job stayers and, uh, and people that, you know, move between jobs, sort of didn't fall away a long way, did it? It didn't have this quite the same message as we saw in the Employment Cost Index. So it was a mixed report. Well, I mean, and the fact that they weren't falling shows, you know, still a job to do for the Fed. And, and then we had the JOLTS numbers as well, just reinforcing that. Yes. So job opening figures yesterday showed a big growth in job opportunities when there was expected to be a downturn. So this is the first time Goodness. it's been more than 11 million jobs since July. Yes. So we've got less workers, more jobs. That yes. doesn't sound particularly counterinflationary, does it? It doesn't sound counter. It was one of those, uh, I hate to be uh, sort of corny about this, but the jolts numbers did jolt the market, didn't it? Um, mm. You know, it was, uh, what was it? 10 I'm giving point- you no marks for that one. Aren't you? Okay. <laughs> 10.5 million down from a peak of just under 12, what, last yeah. March. Yeah, uh, and the market was looking for it to come off another one to two hundred thousand. Instead, you know, it rose by half half a million in one yeah, month. Yeah. And and these numbers, more often than not, Phil, have been revised subsequently upwards. So it's mm. just the sort of number that um, Powell wouldn't have wanted to see. I mean, if he saw that job openings was lower still on top of those employment costs and that very encouraging employment cost index yesterday, would have gave him more comfort that this that that's something that's going is going to be sustained but it's a sort of number that hawks could point to as 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 you know something that continues to be watched so it was yeah. certainly a fly in the ointment today and uh, well, this economy is far you know far from done with just yet yeah sort of explains doesn't it why we're seeing uh, you know not a happy picture in the equity markets because you know everyone's looking and thinking yeah maybe uh, the fed does have to do more and maybe the landing is going to be harder and uh, maybe wages are going to come down a lot slower. We'll see. Uh, inflation holding up in Europe as well. Unfortunately, the headline rate year on year has fallen in January from 9.2% to 8.5%. That's good. But the core rate, that's the bad news, stuck at 5.2%, not coming down at all. No, no. The market was expecting that one to come down to 5.1%. Mm. Um, I think, it, I mean, obviously, it's good news that the headline rate is is, is down. Um the market doesn't know what particular German number was plugged into that calculation because we haven't seen the German number. Yeah. Um, we didn't see it yesterday, and uh, we're not going to see it till next week. So, um, plus there was some re- reweighting. It's a very mixed picture across the eurozone. I mean, some some economies have seen higher inflation, and some have seen lower inflation. So, it's a very very mixed picture there. But as you say. Um, I think, you know, as we'll talk about in a minute, at ECB, it's odds on to increase rates by a half, another half a percent yeah. um, tonight. So the hawks will no doubt point to the fact that core inflation is um, still yeah. way above where they would want inflation to ultimately land. I love the fact that you say we'll talk about the ECB in a moment and then in the same sentence you start talking about ECB. <laughs> so let's let's finish off on that because that is tonight, isn't it? Just before midnight Australian Eastern Standard Time for the for the announcement and the press conference. So the expectation is a 50 basis point hike. That's going to take it to 2.5%. So where do they go from there? 
Well, I think um, you know rates obviously at lower levels in 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 Europe than they are in other parts of the world, even than than Australia. Mm. So we know that that uh, several members, influential members on the ECB governing council, want to take rates to restrictive levels, and that would probably mean three percent, if not a little bit more than three percent, and then they'd be in a position to review where they are at that point. So. We know the guidance at the last meeting too, Phil, was that, you know, we'd probably see more, um, you know, rises like we did in December, you know, several more um, was, the, was the guidance that was used. So I think we're looking at 50 basis points at, um, at this meeting and another mm. in March. Beyond there, it becomes more contentious. I think we're going to get pretty close to the top that Europe doesn't seem to have uh, quite the wage price risks, although having said that, Spain has just announced an 8% increase in its minimum wage just on the eve of the ECB. Well, and they're going on, so just what the market want to see, want. exactly, and they're going on strike in France as well, pretty much as they are in the UK. So that, that wage pressure in the UK has got to be an issue, hasn't it? Because, I mean, the Bank of England is also tonight, also 50 basis points ex- expected. Yes. But, you know, hey, um, which is going to be bad politically for Rishi Sunak. I said that, I said that before because it just will be seen as adding to the cost of living pressures. But everyone's on strike there. I think that there's uh, scarcely a day this month when someone isn't on strike. So it's train drivers and teachers uh, in the last 24 hours, nurses next week. Um, so all of them asking for more money. So that's wage pressures for, for the UK. What's the Bank of England do about that? Indeed. Um, and, you know, its own uh, in-house measurement of wages, um, the ONS measurements of, of wages just haven't pulled back sufficiently, have they? Uh, you know, so that remains the fly in the ointment. The labour market remains quite tight. Um, the unemployment rate still low at, what, 3.7%, Phil, even though, you know, measures of growth and spending are, are teetering on recessionary levels. Um, and and we know that, you know, uh, businesses business margins are under pressure, household finances have been under pressure from all those factors, cost of living and more, but nevertheless... There's enough concern about wage price spiral, I think, for the Bank of England to take rates up from three and a half to four. But that's that's when it becomes trickier, right? So you're starting to talk about quite restrictive rates, and we're already seeing signs that housing markets slowing and all those other pressures. So um, it, 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 beyond there, uh, I think it's uh, it's much more open for de- debate. Very politically difficult beyond that, isn't it? And then uh, let's look at uh, New Zealand. Uh, with the employment numbers we saw yesterday, employment was up less than expected, 0.2% Q on Q in Q4, which saw the unemployment rate sort of bump up slightly to 3.4%. But labour costs are growing up another 1.1% Q on Q, which is maybe a little less than expected. But as an annual figure, that is 4.3% uh, mm. in wages growth, up mm. from 3.8%, which was the annual figure in, in Q3. So that's got to be a concern for the RBNZ, hasn't it? It, it, it is, Phil, and but we do know the labour market is the last thing to turn usually in the in these cycles, you know, mm. the lagging indicator and, and all of that. But nevertheless, um, it was fractionally lower than what the RBNZ expected. I think their forecast was 4.4 for the labour, labour cost index and the, their unemployment rate forecast was 3.2. Now, you might say, well, that might be splitting hairs a little bit with, with the outcomes, but coming on top of the very weak... Uh, business surveys that we've had recently out of New Zealand, 
and the fact that non-tradable inflation has pulled back when, when the Reserve Bank expected it to be more threatening. Indeed, their inflation rate seems to be peaking. Um, it, it's still likely that they'll increase rates um, come the 22nd of February meeting, but by a half percent, not by three quarters of a percent, and uh, perhaps by just one more 25 basis points are after that. So that'll take the peak rate still to 5%. So mm. quite a tight stance of monetary policy there in prospect. Got a bit of time before the next RBNZ meeting, but of course the RBA meets next week. I mean, the calendar was only a day away, wasn't it, from it being this week, but it's next week. Uh, and they're, they're staring at that high CPI figure that we saw in Q4, which is the highest since 1990, when the RBA's cash rate, just to give some context, was 17.5%. Uh, but we had uh, Marianne Kohler, the RBA's head of economic analysis, in front of the Senate Select Committee yesterday. Uh, the, it was It was on the cost of living. I mean, she confirmed the cost of living has gone up, uh, just in case you hadn't noticed. Really? Uh, but yeah, fancy. Uh, but she's confirming that, you know, they believe the inflation did peak at 8% at the end of 2022, and it's going to ease over the course of this year. But we'll see, won't we? We'll to say true for the forecast next we week. Uh, so we also, uh, today, uh, we get the weekly jobless claims from the US to add to the uh, confusing employment picture. We get Germany's uh, balance of trade numbers, building permits for Australia, US factory orders. Uh, we've got some big earnings results as well. Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Qualcomm. I mean, that is, we can't take any more than that in one day, can we? There's just too much happening, Dave. <laughs> It's all happening, Phil. It's all <laughs> happening still. And we've we'll got a be, fast rate of knots. It is. And we'll be back tomorrow morning to talk about those earnings and the ECB and the Bank of England and the flow through from the FOMC today. All that tomorrow morning. I think Gavin's on tomorrow. So uh, lots for him to get his teeth stuck into. But for Indeed. now, good, good to have you on, Dave. Cheers, Phil. I tell you, it's an accelerating week of news as the week's gone on. It just gets more dense, doesn't it? Uh, I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. We'll see you then. Don't miss it.